Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It's great to be here with you today. What a gift it is to gather together as God's people. What a privilege that we have the freedom to do that in this country that we can connect to God in a powerful way and also connect to each other as God's people. So where have we been this summer? We started out uh, with Freedom's Call. We spent about six weeks uh, through the book of Galatians, looking at all the different texts in there and looking about the freedom that we have in Christ. And then we're finishing out the summer, we're looking at the Gospel of Luke. And we're looking at some big chunks, key teachings, key narratives in the gospel. And this week, we're kind of finishing out a three-week little series that started in Luke 10 and into Luke 11. The verses all kind of run together. Two weeks ago, we started out with uh, the Good Samaritan, love your neighbor as yourself. Last week was Mary and Martha, and and Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. We learned that we need to sit at the feet of Jesus if we're going to love our neighbor as ourselves. This week in Luke chapter 11, Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer, and he teaches us a little bit more than just about prayer, but he also teaches us about community, he teaches us about identity, he teaches us what it means to be family, family in maybe the purest sense of the word. So speaking of family, uh, Father's Day was just a little over a month ago, right? Uh, And since I'm a father, I happen to kind of like Father's Day. And it was actually one of the best Father's Days I ever had, uh, and I've had about 10 of them so far, and it was great. We were on vacation, we were up on the central coast, and uh, we ended up at night at the beach. The weather was perfect, the sun was setting, I was just in awe of God's creation, Uh, not only the world, the universe, not only the beach, but also my family, my children, my wife. I just felt so blessed and so thankful. But it didn't start out that way, all right? Father's Day is on a Sunday, right? And so we were going to church, and we found a little local church where we were at, and we were going to go down there, and so we jumped in the minivan, right? My youngest grabbed some water in the minivan. She kind of choked on the water. It triggered the gag reflex, and the morning breakfast came upon us, kind of like in, you ever see the movie The Exorcist? Yeah. It was kind of like that, right? All over her, all over the car seat, all over the car. So needless to say, we drove back, get the baby Mary cleaned up and uh, clean out the car seat. You know how that happens, right? You got to take the whole car seat out. You got to unbuckle it, take off the thing, take off the cover, clean and wash it, take it to, take the minivan down to the car wash. You know how it goes. Three hours later, it's done. Happy Father's Day to me. <laughs> but that's what a father does, right? And I don't want to throw my wife under the bus. She was helping all along the way, okay? But ultimately, taking care of your kids on Father's Day you know what, that is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's what we as fathers, we are called to do. And I love being on vacation with my kids because I get to spend a whole bunch of time with them every day, all throughout the day, and we have all sorts of great conversations. They become maybe a little more comfortable with me. They get a little sillier. They get a little more real. They get quiet. They get loud. They ask me all sorts of questions, serious ones, silly ones, crazy ones. They tell me their thoughts and all that sort of thing. You know what I'm talking about if you're a parent. And it all comes from a place of trust because they know that I love them unconditionally. It comes from a place of time spent together in history that they can trust me. And so on Father's Day and at other times, my kids will sometimes say to me, they'll say, Papa, they call me Papa, they say, Papa, you're the second best father ever. And I was like, whoa, the first time they said that, I was like, whoa, what's going, what were you talking about? I mean, I got the t-shirt, it says, number one, dad, all right? (laughs) I thought I was number one. 
Well, after some investigation, the, f- the first time they gave me that second, dad, second best dad status, I realized that I had taught them that. Because you see, I'll often gather them together at night, we'll say prayers, and we'll talk about God's love for us, and then I say to them, you say, you know that I love you, there's nothing that you could do that ever stopped me loving you. And they say, yeah, we know that, we know that. But I say, you know what, there's someone else that loves you way more than I do. That's your heavenly father. I love you a lot, and you know that, but your heavenly father, he loves you a buzz million times more than I do. And so that's why uh, they will say to me, happy Father's Day, Papa, you're the second best dad ever. And when they say that, I love it. I like it. I agree with them because I want them to view God as the number one dad, the best dad in the universe. And that's why I pray with them every day. That's why we say, our Father who art in heaven every night, we pray to our heavenly Father. And in many ways, kind of what I'm talking about there is what's going on in our text today from Luke chapter 11. God is our Father. He wants to spend time with us all day long, all throughout the day. He wants us to talk to him about everything silly and serious. He wants us to bring to him our needs and our concerns, our desires, our pursuits. He wants, us to, he wants to give us everything that we need for our lives, and he wants to take care of us. He wants to provide for us, even when we throw up in the car seat on Father's Day. That's the way our God loves us. So let's take a look at Luke chapter 11. We're going to look at that. It should be in your bulletin there, and we'll bring it up on the screen as well. Luke chapter 11, verse 1 says this. It says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples, as John the Baptist. Verse 2, he said to them, all right, we kind of begin to see something that Jesus is teaching about prayer. He says, he said to them, Prayer is an individual thing between us and God, but it's also a communal thing. It's not always just a private thing. He's teaching the disciples that prayer is part of the community. It's part of being part of the family. It's part of being part of the church. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Now, in the book of Matthew, it says, our Father in heaven. So that's where we get our Father who art in heaven. He says, Father. And when Jesus says, Father, he's pointing out that when we are praying, we are talking actually to our Father, to our heavenly Father. And when Jesus throws out that word Father, he's pointing out to two things. He's pointing out, one, as a Father, he is authoritative. He is over us. He is in charge of us. But he's also pointing out that as Father, we are in close relationship with him. This is pretty radical. To view God as fathers, as a parent and a child relationship. So Jesus is telling his disciples, he's telling us that we can take our requests, we can take our prayers to a caring and kind father. And he wants to hear us. He wants to give us good gifts. It's a big deal. Now, if you had a good earthly father, if you had a good and righteous earthly father, you hear this and you kind of get it naturally, right? You project all that good stuff onto your heavenly father and it works out really well. But if you had a bad father, if you didn't have a good earthly father, it can be a problem. And that's half of us in the room have that statistically. Because fatherhood in America is on big time decline. Fatherhood in America is in need. And if you had a bad father, it can go two ways. You could either, one, project that bad stuff, that negative stuff onto your heavenly father. Or you could look to your heavenly father and his love for you and you can find all the fatherly love that you never found in your earthly father in him and I pray that you'll go down that road. 
in your heavenly Father's words and actions to you in the scriptures, in your heavenly Father's love for you in the community, in your brothers and sisters, in your fathers in the faith. I'm going to tell you from my own experience, I didn't have the best relationship with my earthly father, but many men at St. John's were my surrogate fathers when I was growing up here. They pointed me to Jesus. I experienced the heavenly Father's love through them just by their example, just by being around. I hope and pray that if you had a bad relationship with your earthly father, I hope that you will see and you will sense your heavenly Father's love for you in the word today and in the community that you have here at St. John's. Father, hallowed be your name. Jesus is saying, may your name be honored. May it be known. May your kingdom come. He's saying, may God the Father, may your love and may your justice and may your righteousness, may it be known all throughout the world. May it be known everywhere in everyone's heart, in every place in the world. And ultimately, 100%, that's going to be fulfilled when Jesus comes again. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, we're praying, Lord, make it happen now. We want it to happen now. And so in this first part of the prayer, we, we learn some things. Jesus sets the tone. When we pray to God, we, we set it upright and we establish the relationship that we have a relationship with God that is one of respect and relationship and love as a child to a father. And we move into worship and awe at God's holiness. And then we move into a request that his kingdom would be known, his love, his reign, his justice would be known throughout the world. And then I love how in verse 3 it kind of gets personal on a personal level and a daily level. In verse 3, it says, give us each day our daily bread. Give us, not give me, give us, give our community, give our family, give St. John's everything that we need. Give us our daily bread, the simple stuff of life. The prayer starts out with focusing on God and focusing on worshiping him, focus on relationship and big picture stuff, and then it moves down into this simple thing. Lord, give us our daily bread. We pray it daily, and when we pray it daily, we realize that all the stuff that God gives to us is part of his daily provision. The fact that it's daily helps us to realize that when we pray the Lord's Prayer, everything that we consume in our daily life is a gift from him. I was reminded of it this past week in a funny way. The other night, I had my toddler uh, over at, uh, we went to the grocery store, Albertsons, down on 17th Street. It was Friday afternoon, 4 o'clock or something like that. We got to pick up some milk, pick up some groceries, and then maybe I was going to, you know, pick up some fast food on the way home for bring home dinner. And I'm heading over to the checkout, and something weird's kind of going on. And previously, I'd seen some guy walking around in a chicken outfit in Albertson. I was like, stay away from him. That guy's crazy. All right? <clears throat> but little be known to me, they were having like a cakewalk. But it wasn't a cakewalk, it was a chicken dinner walk, all right? So the chicken guy was part of the whole thing. And they said, well, we have an extra spot, you want to come over? So I grab, I grab my toddler, we get into this cakewalk thing. It was one of the weirdest things I've ever been part of at Albertsons. We're walking around in a circle, I'm holding my baby, you know. They're playing the music, the music stops. I land on number six. They draw out number six. I want a chicken dinner, all right? Yeah. Free meal. I mean, I was excited. I was pumped up. And it wasn't just chicken, all right? It was mac and cheese, which is like a highly coveted staple over at our house. And it came with those Hawaiian rolls, bread, right? Give us this day our daily bread. The meal was free, a pure gift. And we were kind of, you know, whenever you win something free, even though it was like $9 or something, it just makes you feel good, right? And it made me think about it. Made me think about it. I said, well... Every meal that my family and I eat, every meal that we eat is a free gift, not from Albertsons, but from our Heavenly Father 
who provides for us day in, day out. We learned it in the catechism long ago. The catechism puts it this way. It says, food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, and the list goes on. All the daily provisions that our Heavenly Father gives to us because he loves us and he wants to give us his good gifts. Jesus continues on in verse 4 and he says, Forgive us our sins, as for we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. It's us, we, us, us. Jesus is teaching about our prayer life is a community thing, it's a family thing, and we as a forgiven people are to be a forgiving people. And we as God's people, we're relying on our Heavenly Father to lead us away from temptation to walk the narrow path of righteousness. And so Jesus gives us a gift here. He gives us a gift in the Lord's Prayer that we are drawn toward the idea that God is our Heavenly Father, which means we are family. And as a family, we want our Father to be honored. We want our Father to be known. We want His forgiveness and His protection to surround us and to define us. And we acknowledge that we rely on Him. For everything in our lives, our daily bread, even that. And then Jesus moves away in the text. He says, I'm going to teach you a little bit more about prayer. I kind of gave you a prayer and gave you a guideline, but I want you to learn a little bit about attitude toward prayer and God's attitude towards you as you pray. And so he tells us two stories. And in verse 5, he says this. Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at, middle, at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. All right, they didn't have Albertsons open to 1 o'clock, okay, in those days. You had to go to your neighbor to get some bread. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, because of your boldness, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Jesus is saying to us, he's saying, don't be afraid to ask God. Be bold in your prayer. He says, shameless audacity. Now, as I was thinking about this the other day, my kids, I'll take them to McDonald's sometimes, you know, and they are afraid to go up to the counter and ask for more ketchup or something like that or for a spoon or whatever, right? But they'll ask me if they can have cake for breakfast, right? Because I'm their father. They trust my love for them no matter what they ask me. And you know what? Sometimes I do let them have cake for breakfast. We had it last Wednesday. It was my daughter's birthday. Only one time a year I do it, okay? But it reminded me how I often hear Christians struggling with things in their life. And they go and tell everyone around. They go and ask everyone for help except for one person, God, their Heavenly Father. I'll say, did you ask God about it? Did you pray to him? Oh, yeah, I haven't done that yet. Jesus is giving us permission to be bold, to confidently go to God. Jesus is telling us we have access to God, our heavenly Father. He says, let's make use of it. Verse 9, he continues on. He says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. I remember 18 years ago, reading this verse, this scripture one day at church. It was actually over at Hepatha in Anaheim Hills. And I was working up in the Bay Area in San Francisco. I was a, a, like a youth pastor, youth worker. 
And I was about to kind of change focus in my life. I was going to move down to San Marcos. I was, got accepted in their Master's of Education program. I was moving toward education and, and serving in a classroom. And then I heard about this seminary program opening up at Concordia, Irvine. I said, I asked God, I said, God, let me into the program. I want to serve there. I got to be in Southern California for a variety of reasons. I said, God, let me be in the program. But I just didn't ask, right? I heard those words from Jesus saying, ask, seek, knock. So I sought all the information I needed to know, and I was knocking on every door, sending emails, sending letters, and eventually they let me in. And so here I am, one of your pastors, 18 years later, and Jesus is telling us to persist, to be bold in prayer, to ask. But you've got to sometimes follow it up with some seeking and knocking too, right? Verse 11, he continues on. He says, which of you fathers, if your sons ask for a fish, will give him a snake instead? For me, I hear this. We translate it differently because I have daughters in my house, and they don't really like fish. They like mac and cheese, right? Like, who doesn't? Which of you fathers, if your daughters ask for mac and cheese, will give him a lizard instead? Right? We have two things our kids hate at our house, the, li- the blue-belly lizards that are running around the backyard and also the cockroaches, which seem to be uh, a huge problem in orange, right? So verse 12, or if your daughter, if he asks for an egg or if she asks for mac and cheese, will you give him a scorpion? Will you give her a bull of cockroaches? I mean, it sounds crazy, right? That's what Jesus is saying. Verse 13 says, if you then, though you are evil, though you're sinful, though you are broken, though you're the second best dad, not the first, if you know how to good give gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven, your heavenly Father, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Good gifts from our Heavenly Father. You know, Jesus promised to give the Holy Spirit, and he did when he ascended into heaven. And here in this text, we see that God wants to give us all sorts of good gifts. But as we grow, as we mature, the things that we ask of God change, don't they? That's why he says, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit? And he's giving us a, a clue, a hint that maybe there are certain things that we need to strive toward asking, things of the Spirit. And as we grow in our boldness in prayer before God... We move from asking dad to let us have cake for breakfast, right? We move to asking our dad for his spirit in our lives to empower us, to strengthen us, to walk through the hard stuff, to give us meaning and purpose, to help us let that spirit flow through us into the world so we can bless others and be part of his kingdom, part of his reign being known in the world. I was totally reminded of that. Also this past Friday, a good friend of mine named Mark, he lives up in Downey. He was an elder at the church I used to serve up there. And I used to go to lunch with him once a year or once every other year. He comes down and we go to the circle. And then we came back to my office and we spent some time in prayer. He's a strong, faithful disciple. He's a man of prayer, a man of the word. And as we prayed, we prayed for each other as brothers. We prayed for the struggles in our lives. We prayed and thanked God for the blessings in our lives. We prayed God to strengthen St. John's and Messiah Downey and all of our churches in Southern California. And we asked the Holy Spirit to move through us that we can make an impact on the kingdom, for the kingdom in this world. And as I was praying, I felt the Holy Spirit upon me. And this is a powerful way. And I said, yes. And we were led together and we said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name into the Lord's prayer. As we grow and as we mature, we move toward asking God for cake for breakfast. We start to ask for his Holy Spirit to define us and work through us. 
We have a father who wants to give us good gifts. When we ask for mac and cheese, he doesn't give us bugs and lizards. And when we get sick on Father's Day, he wants to clean up our messes and take care of us. When we ask him all sorts of silly questions or serious ones, he gives us the answers that we need, not necessarily that we want. When we ask for our daily bread, he provides that and sometimes even more. And when we ask for his spirit, he guarantees that he will give it to us and he will use us in his kingdom. And sometimes we ask for cake for breakfast. He gives us that too, and that's a pretty good deal. We, my friends, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We are family. We don't have the second best father in the world. We have the number one dad in the entire universe, our heavenly father. That status was given to us by Jesus dying on the cross for you and me.